the tears, the stress, the heated arguments, being blinded by your own faults, and much, much more. In today's show, we will talk about what it is like to date or have dated an alcoholic. That is the focus of this edition of Expressions. edition of Expressions. I'm your host, Sierra Tavares Reyes. Today's topic, dating an alcoholic. If you've never done it before, don't do it, you guys. Um, the first time I was married, I remember um, meeting my um, ex-husband at the time, then boyfriend, and uh, he was inside of a bar. He saw me doing karaoke. Uh, I had no idea that he was al- that he was an alcoholic. He was just you know, this cute college looking guy and, um, uh, everything seemed like it was, you know, was fine, you know, and I slowly started to see, um, him drinking more than what was, um, what more than, you know, more than usual. And I was like, okay, well the party's over, you know, it's, it's past two o'clock. And, um, I, I started to, uh, we started to date and then we eventually got married and I, I was like, you know, I'm not going to let this opportunity pass me by anymore. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I just accepted his marriage proposal. Cause it was like, you know, I may never get this chance again. Um, we started dating, um, and probably about a month after, uh, or three months, uh, we got engaged, um, probably within a month. And then, uh, then we got married three months later. So, uh, things kind of took off really, really fast. Um, I, I felt like, you know, I was on top of the world at that time. Now, a couple of things were going on that I noticed that, you know, like I said, you drank a lot and I was like, you know, you drank vodka. Uh, I don't recall beer being his, um, his alcohol of choice, but I mean, I think it was, it was, it was a lot of vodka from what I can remember. Uh, I remember there were things that were going on, like, um, when he would, uh, drink some alcohol, I noticed that his face would change or like, it it was almost like he was turning into like a different person after the alcohol had settled in. Um, it was, uh, pretty scary because it it was, I was feel like I was like, it it was kind of like the Hulk or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, I feel like, okay, he's turning now, you know, I could see it. He had alcohol related acne, um, he couldn't keep his balance. He kept falling down a lot. Um, I had to pick him up and it was, uh, it was awful. Um, and then sometimes he would get angry with me for, for just whatever. Um, he would falsely accuse me of cheating on him, which I was not. But as you know, you know, um, the people that are always accusing are always the, the, the ones that are guilty. Uh, I was very happy with him and I wanted to be with him. Uh, I could, I could see myself being with him for the rest of my life. I, I, I envisioned that. 
Um, but his mother, um, who did not approve of my uh, skin color, said that, you know, she was like, you know, I don't think that you're the right girl for him because you are African-American and I want my son to be with a white female because he was white. And, uh, but she made the comment, we were sitting at the dinner table when I first met her, I only met her once. It was like, my mom wants to see you. And I was like, okay, fine. And, um, we're just, you know, eating dinner and everything. Um, and then, um, somewhere along the conversation, we talked about the marriage and all that other stuff. And then she says this, uh, she says, and I quote, she goes, well, Sierra, you're a nice girl, but. Um, I want my son to have vanilla ice cream, not chocolate. And so the whole time I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, I, I'm sitting there and my left knee is shaking up and down and my fists are balled up because I was like, whew, I was like, tongue be still. And the whole time he's sitting there and he's not like, you know, corralling her. He didn't say, mom, that's not nice. He didn't say anything. He sat there quietly. It's his mother. I don't know what else to say. I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was rude and disrespectful. And I was like, excuse me, I need to go to the ladies room. I said, cause this is not okay. And, um, so we ended up getting into it about it, you know, at the house. And I was like, you sat there and you let her make that racist comment I said, she was being very condescending, but you're a grown man. You can make your own decisions for yourself, you know, and if I really matter to you, then you should only care or, or she should only care about whether her son is happy or not. But judging from that conversation, I can, I can see that he probably wasn't happy either. We'll be right back. what exactly he wanted you know I mean you know you don't marry somebody and then you know let your mom make the decisions or let your mother pull the strings in the relationship or whatever whatever but he felt that he had to please her it's like you know what about your own happiness you know you're 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 a grown man you should be able to make your own decisions for yourself so um the marriage only lasted for two years but you know um I I the the uh, that divorce, it, it takes a lot out of you, especially when you've never been divorced before. And you, in my mind, I was like, you know, the easiest thing for me to do is walk away from this relationship or this marriage or whatever and get divorced. But I felt, I felt that I had to, um, I, I wanted to stay. I loved him. I was, I was in love with him very, very much. Um, and I think that the easiest, the easiest thing for me to do is to just walk away. But um, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think that that's something that I could, I could have done. Okay. Um, and then I, um, fast forward <laughs> to, uh, my roommate, uh, who used to be my boyfriend. I meet him and it's like, it's like my marriage 2.0. The only, the only difference is that we are not married. We did date for a while, 
but um, it's like the same, the same thing, but it's a lot worse, you know, it's a lot worse, you know, um, and you guys hear me talk about this all the time in the, in, you know, the podcast, my roommate, my roommate, you know, cause he's somebody I, I dated. Um, but the situation with him is that, um, there's a lot of stuff going on. He had a, a you know, traumatic childhood. Uh, we both come from families of abuse and, and stuff like that. Mine is a little bit different because I come from a, not only from a family of, of, um, a physical, emotional, mental abuse, but also sexual as well. So, which is probably the most traumatizing out of all of those things. Um, but, um, you know, he, his deal with the military and the way he, uh, he claims that his mother treated him and everything. And, and it really, really kind of destroyed him. So he's using between, between those two things, he's using alcohol to, to, um, alcohol to, um, to cope with, to, to, uh, self-medicate. And that's what I was looking for to self-medicate. But what I don't understand about him is that I, I don't know what happened to him. It's like, like, he's like the kind of person that where your mother didn't read you a bedtime story. He didn't have that maternal figure. And I think that he was, you know, during the stint of our relationship that he wanted me to be his mother. He told me that he treated women really, really badly because of the way his mother treated him, you know, um, the mother was also physically abused by her brothers and the dad was abused. So it's like you, you, you got both of those things going on. So during the stint of our relationship, there was no physical, abuse but there was definitely mental and emotional definitely definitely that you know uh and even some uh made up stuff that was not true unfounded rumors and all that other stuff um because i felt that you know his mother you know she really damaged him and wanted to hurt him um uh, uh mentally and emotionally uh when you tell a child i wish you never born or i should have flushed you down the toilet or whatever whatever i mean that's that is something that stays with a child it's very very um uh, damaging psychologically, uh, to a child, you know? So, um, but yeah, it, it was just, you know, he's, he's been through quite a lot and I understand. Um, but I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, why don't you leave Sierra? And you see, he's causing you problems. It's cause I feel responsible for him. That's why, you know, he's like a, he's like a, like a, like a man child, you know? And I think that when we have childhood that we don't receive, when you don't have a normal childhood and you grow up like this here, you try to find uh, surrogates. You know, some people, they may, people may date somebody older than, older than them um, a lot of the time as well. You know, they're looking for the combination of a father figure and the, uh, you know, the the combination of a father figure and a, um, and a boyfriend as well. Same thing with the mother figure and a girlfriend. Because uh, when we, we worked together, he kept often saying, oh, you're like my mother. But it's like, you know, he doesn't want to do anything on his own. Everybody has to help him with this, help him with that. And I was like, listen, I've been through a lot of stuff. You've been through a lot of stuff. But you can't walk around here acting like you're crippled or acting like a person in a wheelchair. You know, you need to get up and do something. Because one of these days, you're going to be incapacitated and you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to be able to, to do anything for yourself. We'll be right back. Hey! Love so soft, you ain't had nothing softer. Break it, then you buy it, and it's sure gonna cost you. Love so soft, you ain't had nothing softer.
I was like, you're not going to be able to do anything for yourself, you know, um, because there, I, I know patients that are, that are deaf and blind and, and, uh, you know, uh, amputated limbs, and they can do a lot more for themselves than what you can do for you. You should not have this mentality about just, you know, because it's like, I feel like you're looking for like a maid. You want me to do every little thing for you as if you were in a wheelchair, as if you were on crutches and you are not. None of those things are affecting you right now. But utilize your independence. Absolutely use that. You know, but he drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks. You know, he has this period where um, he he has, um, gets really angry, really outraged. And and uh, the most important, uh, excuse me, the most annoying thing that I could say that really bothers me the most about him is that, you know, he gets mad over the most smallest, most insignificant things. Just yesterday, I was... Uh, I collected some pillows and I was going to make the bed and I was like, you know, cause I like the side of my bed to be a little more softer and that's fine. And he was like, Oh, well, you know, we got this bed and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and, uh, um, you know, um, I don't have room and, and whatever, whatever. And, and I'm just like, I'm making the bed myself. I'm going to put the pillows in a very strategic way. And it's like, are you going to let this ruin your whole day? You're making an argument over some pillows, you know, get mad over big things, not little things, not things that are insignificant. But I guess just that that's just how he is. You know, you blow up over nothing. Absolutely nothing. You lose your cool. You lose your temper. And then people say, oh, well, you guys are acting like children. I was like, no, I'm not acting like a child because when I get mad, it's over something major. It's not over something petty like that. You know, that's just silly. And then there's these 911 calls to the, oh my gosh. This boy has called 911 at every place that we have lived frequently. It's like his second home. And it's like, why are you calling 911 so much? And you say you have all this medications that you're supposed to be taking. Just, you know, take your medication and go to sleep. What is the what is the hospital going to do for you? Because I think that he likes the way he's being treated at the hospital. He wants to be babied and pampered and I know hi and and here you go and you know he loves that kind of stuff. He absolutely loves that. You know, so I I feel like he's just doing that just to be babied and pampered because he knows he knows that that's what's going to happen, you know. Um just basically trying to ride it out or whatever whatever, but the problem is that you need to go get help. You need to go get help for this this alcohol. And I can't make you uh, stop drinking. You've embarrassed yourself. You fall down frequently or not frequently, but, you know, from time to time, you know, you act like you can't do anything for yourself and you expect me to do every everything. And then when I don't want to do something, you blow up at me about that. Um, in a previous podcast, I talked about how... Um, you know, um, like when I'm hungry, I'll just go and I make myself something to eat. I don't have a problem with doing that. Now, yesterday he asked me to make him something to eat. I was like, fine. You know, I said, what do you want? He said, make this burrito, put it in the air fryer. I was like, cool. Put it in the air fryer. I said, are you, do you want anything else to eat? Right. I said, while I'm here, while I'm still cooking, he said, no, he said, that's all I'm going to eat. I'm like, okay, fine. Okay. That's all you're going to eat. I'm like, fine. Make that one burrito eats up one burrito 30 minutes later he says can you make me a pb and j sandwich and i'm just like 
why didn't you ask me that 30 minutes ago? I, I don't understand. Why, why, why couldn't you have asked me that 30 minutes ago when I was over there, there cooking? Or, you know, when I was over there cooking, I was like, you know, you could have told me that. I would have happily have made it for you or anything else or any other dish for that matter. I would have been totally fine with that had, he, had you would have told me. And then you, and then I was, and then I was like, I know I'm not going to do it because it's like, you should have asked me that when I was over there. You know, don't wait till I sit down and then 30 minutes later say that you want something else to eat when I was, when I was in the mood over there cooking. That doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like, I'm not going to sit over here and just be yo-yoed around like that. So, and I don't know any woman, black, white, Hispanic or whatever, you know, that is going to, um, to be, to be, um, uh, uh, treated that way. That is, I don't think that that's okay. You work smart, not hard. Think about it. We'll be right back. I'll be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. So I didn't, I didn't make this, uh, you know, PB&J sandwich for him. I was like, get up and make it yourself. It's like, damn, it's like, what is wrong with you? Are it like, are your hands broken? Like it, it, it it's like his mentality is like, oh, if you don't make me anything to eat, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to starve to death. That's like locking yourself inside of a supermarket and starving to death because someone won't, so, someone won't, uh, uh, deliver food to you. You know, it's a damn shame that you have to be that, that damn lazy. It's ridiculous. And then he gets on the phone and calls his mother child. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, cause it was his birthday, um, yesterday, uh, day before yesterday. And he calls his mother on the phone and he tells her, oh, Sierra won't make me a, a, a PB and J sandwich for my birthday. And I was like, let me explain something to you. First of all, let, let me, let's get this straight. I don't know why he always thinks that if he tells his parents something about me, that they're going to tell me what I need to do for him. Okay. And I have told him about this. Your parents do not dictate anything of what goes on in this house. I don't tell them what to do. I'm not telling my family to tell you what to do. You, you don't tell your family to tell me what to do. That is not the way it works. You know? So I was like, okay. I told, um, mom, <laughs> his mother, what was going on and I was like you know uh say so he won't make himself something to eat he wants me to make a pb and j after i put all the dishes away and and cleaned up and everything and you asked me to pull everything back out and it's i mean that's just silly and she was siding with me you know um because some people were saying okay well if you were latina you know uh, uh if you were mexican or salvadorian or whatever oh these women they look out for their men and they jump and yo-yo and and you know jump through hoops and all this other stuff and and or if I was a white girl, according to him, that I would just jump up and do all that stuff. And that's fine. That's what you believe. But what I'm just saying, if if I've already sat down, and I was over there. You should have just told me what you wanted right then and there. I would have had it. I would have made a full, full course meal when I made that burrito and I would have not had a problem with it, you know. And he was like, oh, it's just a PB&J sandwich. And it's like, you know, I said, like, you were you were dead ass wrong for telling her that this is I mean, this is so silly. You know, and I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to do this because it's your birthday. Don't ask me to do nothing else like this here again, because I'm never going to do it again. You know, 
but he knows just how inflammatory that is. He knows how, how angry that makes me because it's like, you know, I'm not living under your parents' roof. I'm old enough to make my own decisions. I'm a grown ass woman. You know, I'm not going to sit over here and, you know, it's like, you're not going to sick them on me like that. And then when mom sided with me, you know, he got daggers in his eyes. He was like, really, really upset about that because I was like, you, you didn't have no business telling her that, you know, it's like you, that was just, that was so stupid of you to even call her and tell her that making a PB and J sandwich. That's, that's something that you should have done on your own. I should not have had to do that. But like I said, it was your birthday and I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it just this once. Not because you tell her, but I said, next time when you are hungry and you're asking me to make something to eat for you, I'm going to make a full, full, uh, full course meal. And then there are times, because he said, I don't like to cook. And I'm going to tell you why I don't like to cook for him specifically. It's because one time I made breakfast, right? And just as a friend, because like I said, we are friends. But, you know, it's like, oh, cool. I'm over here cooking for myself. I said, let me let me make him something. Let me make, um, I'm just looking, you know, being a friend, looking out. I made an entire breakfast for the both of us with some platanos, plantains, in case you don't know what that is, <laughs> uh, and some rice and everything. And um, I was like, cool. I said, here, we're going to make this. And I said, uh, this is what we're going to have. I said, I, I I made myself something. I said, I made you something. I said, do you want anything um, here? And then he was like, oh, I'm not hungry right now. Or he'll say like, oh, I only eat at night. Or he'll say, uh, I'll eat it later or something, something to that degree. Now, this has happened on a lot of occasions. Or he'll, or he'll say, uh, no, thanks, Sierra. I'm going to eat my so-and-so-and-so. And and this is not just one or two times. This is this happens a lot, you know. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm just I'm not gonna do that. And you want me to cook for you? No, I'm not gonna do that. After you're doing that, you may not like what I'm what I'm uh, gonna make. So no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cook for you. Absolutely not. I'm not gonna be like twelve years as a slave and and you not appreciate anything. I I don't wait on you, uh, to to cook for me. You know, do it yourself, period. We'll be right back. and cleaning and all of that it, it's it's a shared responsibility um and he will never clean my goodness he doesn't clean at all if it wasn't for me you know trying to hold it down like nothing would ever get done you know or he'll say oh i just cleaned up yesterday it's a daily chore you know welcome to the real world you know i was like if i wasn't living here with you you would have to cook for yourself you have to clean for yourself and he was like oh i just got off of work i'm tired yes i Believe me, I've worked 12 hour shifts, you know, a fourth 12 hour shifts before. And guess who has to cook? Guess who has to clean? And I live by myself. I did everything. I cooked, I cleaned, I did it all. I had to dust, I had to mop, I had to sweep, you know. It, it, I just, I can't, you know, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, it's supposed to be a duality. It's supposed to be, um, uh, two people working on, you know, two people sharing the responsibility and reciprocating, but with him, you know, being so drunk all the time, it's just, I don't know. He doesn't even 
know what day it is. He doesn't know where he's at half the time, completely disoriented. And I mean, that's pretty scary. And you've been to work so many times, you know, now you're in the hospital again. It's like, gosh, that's like your second home. And this is the kind of stuff, like I said, that I, that I deal with on a daily basis. And I was just like, wow, you just called me and told me that you got this, you know, this, um, promotion or, or bonus or whatever that you got at your job or whatever. But it's like, you know, it's hard to praise him when he's doing good because it's like you, you take 10 steps forward and get knocked, uh, five steps back. How can I be happy for you? How can I be proud of you when you keep going on this pace? I mean, it's stressing me the hell out. So I'm just, I, I, I just can't do it. It's like, you know, maybe I should get paid to take care of you because you just, as long as you are not dealing with the situation with the drinking, you know, and, and the therapy and all that other stuff, because that's a problem. When, when people go through traumatic events, you're supposed to get therapy. You're supposed to get help. But alcoholics, it just seems like to me, I can't, I can't make you want to stop. I can't make you say, hey, you better go get this help. You know, it's sometimes it's going to take, it's, it's a reality check. And this is why a lot of people don't talk to you. Your family, your friends are all busy. They don't really hardly talk to you because of that. You know, your dad calls you to see how you're doing. Your mom doesn't really want to be bothered with you or, or whatever. And, and other friends, are, everybody's living their own life. People are having their own kids they have to take care of. You abandon your kids and whatnot. And, you know, and, you know, so it's like, no, children all are always going to remember that kind of stuff, you know. But this is what I deal with on a daily basis. You know, you have no guilt or no remorse. You are blinded by your own faults and you can't see that you've done something wrong. And then when you tell a story, you only tell half of the story. You don't tell the whole story uh, for what it is. Okay. You only tell half of it and you're going to, you're going to basically edit the, edit the truth to make, make sure that you look good on the, on the other side. But you're never going to say what really happened or you're never going to say what you did or the causation of that effect. So now, like everything, every time he tells me something, I'm just like, you know, I, I need to hear the other side of it. You know, you told me about how that you went to work and your best friend was living with you and he slept with your girl or whatever, whatever, you know, and it's like, why would why would your best friend be with a girl you guys are living together like come on it's just you have to think about these kinds of things you know and no that's not right what they did but i'm saying it's just that you know i i don't know what the what the whole the whole story is you know but he's he tells me all the time you know oh he's wrong for that i'm not gonna forgive what he did and da 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 my other best friend he would never do that da 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 you know and it's just that you know like I said, you know, there's two sides to every story and, you know, infidelity is, is, uh, is something bad. It shouldn't happen to anybody. But again, you gotta, both people, you know, you can't, he can't steal somebody. You can't steal someone if they don't want to go. You see what I'm saying? So I don't know. He's just harboring a little bit of resentment from that. And it's your best friend. It happened so long ago. You need to forgive and forget or bros before hoes or whatever the code is or whatever y'all call it. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I think it's just time to move on. We'll be right back.
So the bottom line is just, you know, get on disability. That's what you need to do. I think that's where, where you need to be because all the stuff that you're dealing with and, and, and uh, everything that you're going through is impacting your daily day-to-day -day life. That's what's going on with you. And that's, that's what you need to do because it's like, I just don't see any, any way out. You continue to to deal with this over and over and over and over. It's like we're going into another year. It's like, you know, take a long, hard look at yourself. And it's like, deal with the stuff that you need to deal. Realize that that you have options. Realize that, you know, that I have been, you know, uh, um, a girlfriend standing by you. And I was like, you know, I'm also being a, a BFF of being a best friend to support you through all of this and just recognize that because I, you know, other people left, left you, you know, other people, you know, decided that they said they didn't want to have anything to do with you at all. And I'm over here trying to be the voice of reason because I, I somehow feel responsible for you. So, and I don't, I don't want one day you get hit by a car or being drunk or whatever, who knows, you know? So that's, it, it that's something that kind of, you know, uh, is always in the back of my mind. But if you're going to be going, you know, to the hospital every other week or whatever, you might as well just go into like a, to rehab or something. Just go there and, you know, go get better, get well or whatever, because detox is just a quick fix. De detox does not deal with the underlying issue. And that was another thing I wanted to talk about too, because like, you know, people who really need help, you know, you're just going to go wherever you need to go, you know? Um, but like I said, his situation, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be spoiled and pampered and people are going to be waiting on him and all of that. And that's not the way that, um, you're not going to get that what you want all the time. You just got to go get, get the help where you can get it, you know, stop being picky and saying, okay, well, I want to go get help, but I, I, I want to go to this place. Oh, well, screw this other place because they only give you medication every eight hours and blah, 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 blah. And they, they treat you like shit. And I was like, well, here's the thing. They're probably trying to keep people out of there. The whole point is, is just is to, you know, to refer you somewhere so you can go get the help. Because like I said, I'm sure 911 is like tired of you already calling so many times. But he just overloads himself on beer. And then after a while, he's calling 911, you know, to, you know, basically get IV hydration and just, I don't know what else, sit there and take up space. You know, I'm not going to go to the hospital every time you call 911. It's just not going to happen, you know, but um, it's just not an emergency, you know, so you got to do what you got to do and I got to do what I got to do. I'm just going to continue to try to be your friend and roommate and, 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 uh, you know, try to just, you know, cope and, you know, speaking of coping, you know, everybody chooses to cope with pain very differently. I'm not judging anybody, but I just feel that, you know, you know, in order to uh, have more productivity, you know, I feel that you need to go back to the cause and you need to get therapy, you need to get help for those problems. 
So, um, girls, man, dating an alcoholic, I'm telling you, it is really, really tough, 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 folks. So, um, make sure you check a person's background out and make sure they're not an alky, you know, so not good. Take care. The Expressions Podcast has been brought to you by Anchor. I want to thank you all for listening. Like what you just heard? Then please make a small donation to sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash Sierra Tavares Reyes. Thank you.